This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. The Cubs got Trey Mancini, Crowley. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, Fly the W on Facebook. Email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crowley, the Cubs got Trey Mancini. We touched on it a little bit in episode number four, but now in episode number five, we get to actually talk about it. So this happened on Saturday night, CubsCon bingo. Let us know uh, how it was for you in the uh, grand ballroom when this uh, news went down. Yeah, just, uh, you know, it, it's so funny because one time years ago, Kerry Wood re-signed with the Cubs. This was near the tail end of his career. So now everybody expects these that the Cubs are waiting to make a big announcement at CubsCon, and it never happens. But it did happen this weekend, not on opening ceremonies, but on Saturday during CubsCon bingo, the murmur goes through the crowd right around 9.30, Jesse Rogers breaks it, so... Um, you know, it, it, the Jed and Carter have come across with this really sneaky offseason plan that didn't look impressive at first and took a while to get rolling, but now kind of staring back at the big picture, you know, you get, you get, you know, I know I'm, I'm probably still got some, uh, Cubs con after glow on me, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready, man. I'm getting ready for, you know, a fun season. So, uh, as Jesse reported, the Cubs agreed to a two-year uh, deal with Trey Mancini worth 14 million pending physical i'm never taking those words for granted again after the whole no, Carlos Correa saga no 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 <laughs> but it includes an opt out for 2023 so you know i know for some people they did have a very lucrative um off season but for a lot of these guys they didn't get what they expected and so that's where you're seeing a lot of these one year or two years with an opt out deal so you know it was interesting cuz dustin you and i were there during the baseball ops session uh, Bu- uh, Bu- was hosting that one. And, yes. uh, and that was where Jed was talking about Eric Cosmer and saying, you know, he's going to be playing every day against right-handed pitching. Right. And so a, we wondered about, uh, Matt Mervis and B well, then the question was who is going to be platooning with Hosmer against the lefties. And so that question has been answered now. And, and, and Dustin, I know you for a long time were banging the Mancini drawn, wondering what was going on, why he wasn't there. Just seemed too obvious of a connection, Crawley, right? It just seemed to fit the, you know, this was a, this was a, a round peg in a round hole. This just seemed to just be an easy fit and, and, and it made all the sense in the world. And I'm glad that they were uh, eventually able to get it done. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to come down to that the Cubs had to hope that someone was going to blow him away with a big offer. And he didn't get that, and he kind of fell into the Cubs' lap. So, you know, I think for a guy like um, 
Trey Mancini playing in, in a major market and hopefully having a good year, uh, you know, maybe he, then he'll obviously opt out and, and try to get a, a much bigger deal that, that he was looking for. Um, now Mancini's best season came in 2019 when he had 35 homers, he had an 899 OPS and, you know, he was ready to show that that wasn't a fluke in 2020. Uh, unfortunately in spring training, he was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. And I mean, that's just so scary to think about, you know, but, uh, he underwent six months of chemo at Johns Hopkins and five months after his final chemo treatment, he was back playing with the Orioles in spring training. Uh, he had 255 with 21 home runs and 71 RBIs in 147 games for the Orioles in 2021. Finished second in the home run derby at Coors Field and won the American League Comeback Player of the Year. And it was and just that such was a great such story. a cool night. That was such a cool night at Coors Field. I remember cheering for him. I think I might have even bet a couple of dollars online that he was going to win that thing because it was just a a good feel good story, and I was really pulling for him. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he was having a pretty good season to start off with this last year in 2022. He was slashing 268, 347, 404, 10 home runs and 41 RBIs in 92 games. Um, but then he was traded to the Astros, and that really shocked and upset Baltimore's fan base, you know. Um, when you Because he was about- kind of the cornerstone, good guy, kind of the face of that organization that was getting younger, getting better. But I think they thought that, you know, keeping a guy like Mancini around would get them to the postseason uh, faster than they uh, than they are right now. Yeah, a good comp right now is just to say that it's similar to how Cub fans felt with Anthony Rizzo. Now, keep in mind, Baltimore drafted and he spent the whole time in Baltimore's system. But yeah, he was the cornerstone, the face of the franchise, um, you know, with, with, with that, that whole comeback and, and people just absolutely loving him in Baltimore. Great leader, great clubhouse guy, great in the community. So, you know, uh, he, he goes to Houston, and, and, and I don't know why, Dustin. It just didn't work out there. He slashed 176, 258, 364 with 49 strikeouts in 51 games. And by the end, you know, Dusty's getting asked why he's not in the lineup anymore. And it was, you know, the answers were pretty clear. You know, Dusty just couldn't put him in. I mean, it, no, it too many strikeouts, out. too many strikeouts for sure. That, that, that was not, uh, that's not what that offense down in Houston needed. And I guess it, it still worked out for Houston. Right. And so when Houston declined their half, it was a mutual option deal. So they declined their half of it. So they paid him 250,000 rather than keep him on for another year at 10 million. So, you know, it, that's where the Cubs were able to kind of get him. And, and you, you know, I think that second half kind of maybe scared some people off. Like, why were the strikeout numbers so high? Why was the slug slow, so low? You know, every, everything just looked bad in Houston. So, you know, the Cubs, uh, you know, hopefully he can bounce back. That's all you can ask for. And, and for the Cubs, you get a person, a player that's traditionally slug well, right? And, and he can, he can play first, he can play the corner outfield spots, he can DH. And so when you kind of think about this, you remember when Seiya Suzuki had the injury where he was sliding into the base, God forbid something happens to him or Ian Happ, you know, you can, you can put Mancini in there if the young guys are not ready to come up. So that's pretty good. Um, The other thing to kind of think about is that he's, you know, as Jed said, he's going to be platooning with Hosmer. But his splits are pretty similar against righties as they are to lefties. So the numbers are pretty equal. It's not like he's, you know, certainly he's, he's not one dimensional. He doesn't have to only no. be in that in that perfect little setup. So if Hosmer, if Hosmer is not working out, 
And if Mancini is working out, then we'll probably see more Trey Mancini than we will Eric Hosmer, regardless of who's on the mound for the opposition. Right. And, and, and so when you think about it, offensively, the Cubs had their struggles last year, defensively base running. There's a lot of things that they could improve upon. But the one th- glaring thing that just pops out was just how bad the Cubs were in first base and DH in both of those, right? So they were abysmal. Abysmal. There's a better word, yes. You you had an injured Frank Schwindel, right? A not ready for primetime Alfonso Rivas uh, at first base. So, you know, Schwindel, Rivas, Wisdom played a couple games there. And then at DH, you had Jan Gomes and Wilson Contreras trading off, and no one's ever going to think of Jan Gomes as a DH. And then, you know, we were hoping that they could turn Franmil Reyes around. That didn't work out. So the Cubs last season at first base slashed the combined first baseman, 223, 288, 339. That's the not six- good, right? That, that's that's <laughs> not good? That is absolutely awful. I mean, that's below Mendoza line bad. That is, that is I mean, you know, the first, first and third is where you really need to get your pop from. So you had – Literally no pop, no, no, nobody that was really hitting home runs at, at, at first base. The 627 OPS on base plus slugging was 27th in baseball. So out of the 30 teams in baseball, Dustin, the Cubs were the 27th worst when it came to that position at first Not base. Not acceptable. Not acceptable at all. So when you kind of look back, you, you kind of say to yourself, okay, Eric Hosmer is – not what he was in his days with the, with the Royals in 14 and 15, but he's better than Rivas and an injured Schwindel. Now you pair him up with more favorable matchups with Mancini. And then again, Matt Mervis lurking in the weeds, hoping for an opportunity. It, it just, it feels like there's a ton more depth than there was last year. And so, you know, not, like I said, with Mancini outfield depth, DH depth, first base depth, you, you have a guy that I feel is better than what you had in the major, especially in first base and DH than last year. Much, um, much, 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 much better. Much better. The other thing, and this is kind of something when we're looking at the um, free agent class of the 2022-2023 offseason, and you start to give Jed grades and all this stuff and Carter, I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, the you know, not only have they gotten a lot of guys that – uh, when you talk about Mancini and Bellinger and Hosmer on these prove it deals, Tucker Barnhart snuff, there's nobody blocking anybody of the young guys, right? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The other thing, though, is they have added so much veteran leadership to a clubhouse. Uh, You and I, Dustin, have talked about uh, Dansby Swanson, his press conference just being phenomenal. Uh, Jameson Tyone being, you know, also another guy that just everybody raves about. Eric Hosmer. All of these guys, you know, when you, when you think about the Cubs clubhouse last year and you go across the diamond, right? 
Um, I'm not going to say Wilson was a bad clubhouse guy. I just don't see him as that galvanizing leader. Um, at first base, you had Schwindel and Rivas, so no. Second base, you know, you, you had uh, – that was just a mess the whole year. You had, you had Nick Madrigal for a little bit. You had a bunch of guys playing second. You had uh, Nico at short, who's a young guy. Third base, Wisdom, didn't have a lot of years in the majors, right? Hap, obviously the longest tenure center fielder was a mess and right fielder was say his first year there. So I feel like that was something that was really lacking the, the veteran leadership as far as uh, the clubhouse is concerned. So and it's not just veteran leadership, Crawley it's veteran leadership and guys that have won on previous stops. Right. And, and so you, you've just, you've brought all of that into the clubhouse and I, I have a feeling that when 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 camp starts this year, there's just going to be a different vibe. When when pitchers and pitchers and catchers are already reporting to Arizona, they're already doing drills. A lot of those guys actually that were at CubsCon came from Arizona to Chicago, flew out back in Arizona. These guys are hungry and ready to go. And, and I think that having the leadership that they have on this team is just going to make it a lot easier. You know, I'm I, like we talked about before. I'm interested in seeing the the, the relationship that Swanson builds with. Nico Horner, um, Tyone working with guys like uh, Justin Steele and Caleb Killiam, uh, looking at how uh, all these guys are really just going to kind of help out. And, and, and then as these younger guys come up, the Matt Mervises and the Brennan Davises and the PCAs, you have just good quality guys that they can kind of learn on, lean on, and, and, and they're guys that have respect. They command respect, Dustin. So yes, I, I'm excited. And so, you know, like you said, it seemed like such an obvious fit, but, it, but again, but Mancini was looking for a big contract and it didn't come. So he's going to have an opportunity again to kind I of can prove it. it. So, I can yep. prove it. Right. If he, if he's, right. if he's, you know, good for him, good for the Cubs. All right. So it looks like the everyday roster is probably set. We probably know, you know, not who, but you know, the, 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 the guys on the team right now, that's going to be your opening day team. Um, they still have some tinkering to do potentially with the bullpen, and there was a uh, far less publicized move uh, than Trey Mancini that also happened over the past weekend. Yeah, they they picked up Julian Merriweather off the waiver wire from the Blue Jays, uh, but to make room for him, they had to DFA Manny Rodriguez. Uh, Merriweather appeared in 26 games for Toronto last season, going 0-3 with a 675 ERA. He's a 6-4 right-hander who struck out 23 and 26 and two-third innings. He relies heavily on a four-seam fastball, according to Baseball Savant, mixes in a sl slider and changeup. His fastball tops out at just over 97 miles per hour while the slider comes in at 88. So, I mean, if you look at the ERA and stuff like that, and then the win-loss record, not much there. But there's a lot of stuff that the guy has. And so the belief is, is that the Cubs really feel like that there's more to unlock, a lot of potential to unlock. Um, unfortunately, on the flip side of that, you know, Manrod did not have the greatest season last year. Uh, he's, he's been in the, with the Cubs for two years, and he's appeared in 34 games with a 5-3 and three record, 488 ERA. Last season, he had a 3.29 ERA in 14 games with eight strikeouts and nine walks and 13.2 innings of work. He registered four saves, but there was, you know, a little bit of cause for concern. His fastball velocity was down. His swinging uh, strike rate was just awful. He had arm issues. So, you know, for par part of me, as I kind of take a look at this, um, is is that with those arm issues, you know, he's a, he was a flamethrower, Manny Rodriguez, when they were having the 
alt camp in 2021. It was, they played the Cubs were in South Bend, their alt camp team. And the White Sox alt camp team was in Schaumburg playing at Boomer stadium. And so I drove uh, out to, they had a Cubs versus alt Cubs versus alt Sox game at Boomer stadium in Schaumburg, one train ride away from my house. So I went to check them out. And it's so funny because a lot of players that are on, were or are on the team, Manrod and um, Christopher Morell and Patrick Wisdom, these were all guys that were at the alt site that I got to see. But Man, Manny Rodriguez was the one that impressed me most. The stuff was just electric out of his hands. And I just don't know if he tried to come back from injury too quickly or what. Um, you know, and, and the worst thing, Dustin, is he was there at CubsCon. So when they were calling everybody out for the, uh, you know, starting lineup for opening night, you know, opening ceremonies, he's out there. And then the next thing you know, he's gone. So, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the business. It's part of the game. And, and, and I'm sure he's going to catch on somewhere because he has stuff. You know what I mean? And if you have stuff, there's going to be some, you know, you can't teach 99. You can't teach 100. You got it or you don't, right? So I, I have a feeling he's going to catch on somewhere. But my, my real hope is, is that he is successful, but hopefully not too successful that, that, that we're looking back one day and going, oh, God, what were we doing? What were we thinking? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, you're, you're more invested in that, in that story than I am. Can we bring back Andrew Chafin? Is that a possibility? Well, I'm still surprised he's out there. Obviously, we all know what the sheriff brings to the table. Uh, I know he's part of Dustin's favorite moment in Cubs history, the first combined no-hitter. Um, but, you know, it's he's a guy that, that fit in great here in Chicago, another great clubhouse guy. Um, it's, it's right now there's a lot of sharks swimming in that water. So I would say that it's unlikely, but it looked unlikely with Trey Mancini. There was a lot of guys that were kicking the tires on him too. So, you know, does Andrew Chafin want to play in Chicago? They're they're not going to give him a long-term deal like that. We know, you know what I mean? So it's going to be one of those one year, two year deals. So is Chafin kind of holding out for a longer term, uh, higher average annual value, uh, than what the Cubs are going to offer him. That would be my guest, you know, but if nothing happens, then, then what's to say it's not, but like you said, this is where the tinkering is going to happen is, is it's going to be in the bullpen. The lineup that you see right now, my guess is we're, we're at the 40 man. They're at the max limit right now. So they cannot add a player without removing a player. So my guess is McKinstry or one of those middle infielders may be gone. You may lose them and they still may tinker and try to get a couple more pieces, not just one, more bullpen arm, but maybe two bullpen arms. But, and, and Tom said this at the Cubs convention last weekend, you leave a little bit of money. You don't, you don't want to be up against that luxury tax, which they're getting closer and closer to. You want to leave yourself a little wiggle room so that let's say the Cubs do come out of the gate and are shocking everybody. Well, then let's say you want to make an addition later on around the trade deadline. You're not, you're not, you don't go over luxury tax. So that's where I'm thinking that Chapin is not going to be somebody that's going to be picked up by the Cubs, but rather by somebody else. But like I said, thought the same thing about Trey Mancini, right? We will see.